Welcome to another episode of the Tears Beneath. On this episode, we have Craig, we have Reese, we have Ryan, and our debut from Nikki. How's it going, guys? Good evening. Thanks. Good evening. So we'll start with the weekend just passed, but before we do, most of us were at games. So, Craig, we'll start with you. Civil service against Celtic B. Yeah, what what a game to start with. So. Um, I made a, a trip through Edinburgh to see uh, Civil Service Strollers. It's the team I follow in non-league. Uh, we're playing Celtic B. Uh, we won 3-1. So, uh, incredible result. 1-0 up at half-time. Um, and the game was, you know, still fairly open. But I thought, you know, Strollers looked pretty strong. Um, then we went 2-0 up. And then they always say that, you know, 2-0 is a, a dangerous scoreline. So, Obviously, Celtic pull a goal back, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Um, it's it's like, you know, it's like I thought it was going to be similar to what happened to Cowden Beef, and they're going to try and grab a draw or something. But no, uh, Ennis Lawson pops up, grabs the third, and uh, yeah, three points to the Strollers. Another B-team defeat, as you say. Um, so yeah, it's an entertaining game. You know, it's a decent uh, Celtic team. Uh, the boy Vata looked very good. Um, but Strollers, you know, more than matched them. And yeah, again, just proving that it's an exciting season. There's no fear when you play the B teams. Now you just have to enjoy it. And, and uh, you know, it's good. I guess it's good experience for the B teams as well because they're getting, you know, really good competitive matches and they're getting, you know, put in, under a lot of pressure. And, uh, you know, that's still good experience for them. I know that they won't want to lose, but... Um, it will toughen them up over the season. So yeah, what a game! Were you impressed by Celtic? I'll be honest, I was a bit disappointed with them. I thought they were they were very short on the park, and I don't just mean height wise. I thought they were lacking a lot of creativity. And uh, last season they looked more of a threat. You know, mate, mate, the the strollers just really like played played their game and restricted their space and didn't really give them much time to do things. So. That probably played a part, but um, yeah, I think you see from the results so far this season, Celtic B, I think, are finding it quite tough. I think it's because well, the league is a lot tougher than it was last season. I think it's a lot more uh, competitive and, and that's reflected in the result. Nicky, we'll go to you next. It was the first, well, the opening games of the league season up north. You were at Burkhead Thistle against Whitehills. How did you find it? Yeah, it was a it was a good game. Um, it was the again my local local side. Not to give not to give my address away, but the local village where I live, and the uh, first game that they they had this season in the championship. They'd had a really good um, league cup group, winning all their games, including five one against recently relegated Dufton. And Whitehills had had a year off. Um, they'd struggled last season, I think, to get a team together and. Um, it was going to be interesting to see how they played, and I think they had a couple of quite big defeats in the in the league cup. But actually, the the first half, one of the most dominating performances I've seen. Whitehouse were really very good. Had a, a load of new players. Um, a corner about half an hour in, which Burkhead scored from, and then they scored almost straight away from a free kick. Um, even coming off the pitch, one of the Burkhead defenders was saying that, that they'd been battered in that half and didn't know how they'd. Stayed up. Second half was was more just a kind of physical battle, really, and I think Whitehills ran out of ideas and ran out of steam a little bit in the the second half. But actually, a lot more impressive than than I thought, and are going to be a a difficult side, I think, in that division, and will have 
on and off days. Um, Burkhead, always impressive when you win, when you've not played well. So um, they'll probably be looking at top half of the league again now that the, the leagues have been pushed in, but keep their winning run alive. So they'll be they'll be looking forward to the season, I think, after that. Nice one. I was a long way from home in the same division as you. I went to Longside against Guantana. Expected Longside to win, but it was going to be quite tight, I thought. I didn't expect Guantana to go 2 up. They battered Longside in the first half, to be fair, chance-wise anyway. Other than that, it was pretty even, but chance-wise, Guantana all over them. And I put I put in the podcast chat, you've all seen it at halftime, that I fancied Longside to come back and win the game. And they did, they won the 4-2 in the end. Harry Copeman, it might have been his debut, he scored three goals, he scored a hat-trick, he could have got the fourth as well. The defender got the last touch, I thought they could have just gave him the goal, nobody would have said otherwise. But some performance for him, so six... Six goals, a red card at the end. It was a wee bit contentious. It was definitely, it was one of the most cynical fills of all time. But it might have only been a yellow just because of where he was on the part. Didn't try and go and hurt the boy. It was He was taking one for the team, if you like. So, long side, it's a, it's a good dress, a really good setup as well. I didn't expect much in terms of the setup for the division they play in and the other teams are visited in that league. It tends to be quite basic. They don't have a lot of money. They don't have big supports. But alongside, their setup was phenomenal. And I've done my writing about it as usual, and it's currently like the third most read one I've ever done, which is remarkable, seeing as they don't have social media. But race, we're leaving the best till last. Scottish Cup, Freeland Round, Carnoose State against Beef. Had a good day out, that was pretty much it. Um, I have been wanting to go up to Carnoose State for a while, and obviously, like I say, I think we're bigging up the Midlands League now big time, so able to get one of them ticked off, and, you know, I love going to Scottish Cups games, so... I went a wee bit further than I usually do. Just wanted to see two great teams going at it. I highly rate Carnoose. They played really well in that game, but obviously Beef, being Beaver, you see why they were champions last season and they're just the form they're on now. Uh, I think they've got to continue that. But yeah, it's a great wee set-up up there as well. It's quite wee, but at the same time, there's plenty to go on as well. So they've got like nice wee gazebo and all that, you know, get the clubhouse and they've got a wee lit pie hut up the corner. It's, uh, it's just quite nice. Game is game in general. Um, I think Beaver deserve another win. They won two one against Carnoustie. I think say they were probably in control, but I wouldn't say Carnoustie put a foot wrong or barely put a foot wrong anyway. Just great competitive match. Basically, two of the best teams in this level just showing their uh, how good they are. Starts off uh, basically Beaver slowly just getting mere mere in control of the game. Carnoustie kind of threatened a wee bit straight up a bit on the thirtieth minute. Uh, they managed to get uh, higher up the pitch. And uh, Kieran Divers there, just uh, able to take control of the ball um, after a wee bit of ruckus in the, in the box. He's uh, finally basically like an inch for the line. He's able to just to tap it in and make it a goal. Before the goal, actually, I actually met, I should have said this before it, but we've got a man sent half. Basically, like I say, they're obviously trying to get up the park, but can uh, still able to break the line a wee bit. So the guy, I can't remember who it was, that was uh, on the on the break. Basically, he goes goes after it. He's basically on on goal and just outside the box. But um, Danny O'Neill just takes him down. Last man, straight red card. And then you're thinking, oh, here we go then. The way the rest of the game went, you wouldn't have thought they were down to 10 men. But the second half came and took his all by surprise. Canusti uh, basically just kicked off, passed the ball up along the, the pitch, crossed it in, scored it straight away. So one each uh, just to get a wee bit interesting. You could tell both teams are up for it. But like I say, Beef 
the beef quality just uh, kept um, coming thick and fast. You know, they just they got they built their confidence back up, built their rhythm back up. Just drove the ball into the middle. Was able to lay off a wee bit for Calamonte just to smack it into the middle of the net uh, to get two one. So I it was quite a quite a big game. Uh, it got really ratty in the end as well. One of the boys can stay Del Reed basically went up. It got shoved in the back. I'd say it was a foul, but the actual incident basically hot off his own player that was in front of him. Basically cut his eye, and I was right in front of it as well when it happened. I just don't, I don't mean to make anyone squeamish on this, but it's just poured out like that. <laughs> so I had a big, massive uh, Daddle Purcell bandage on, like a uh, big blue one. So that was basically tensions flaring, basically beef assistant arguing with the fans and everything. Chris Strain's basically on the getting told to calm down by the linesman and he's like, Cam, I'm no calm. I can't be calm. Uh, it just shows you the type of personality he is. But uh Canusta uh, get a couple of wee chances to get up, and nothing really comes of it. And uh full time comes and it's uh be that go through to face bonneton. But I agree with you. I'll give a shout out to as well a uh, Matt, I don't know if you see him on Twitter, um that by AM who does the yes the pictures yeah eh? I met up with him uh, he was doing some of the pictures there um, and I've seen the results of that so great uh, he has a great photos I've no I took some photos as well but I've just no bored my backside to edit them but uh, yeah just a great guy and if you ever if I recommend a Twitter page for anyone to follow and an Instagram page uh, go check his stuff out for the Midlands League because he's his plans to photograph the full league the, this season talking about shout outs Longside overcharged me to get in, and I didn't notice at the time. I'd only noticed at half time when I went to get a pie. So I put it in my blog post, right? No, I wasn't really criticising them, but it happened, so I put it in. The guy got in touch with me, messaged me on Facebook of all platforms, and they're sending me a, a free copy of their history book. So that's that's top class. It was a mistake. The guy didn't mean it. It's only two quid. It's not the end of the world. But how yeah. sound is that? The other scores in the Scottish Cup: Lunkett beat Loch Ness three one. In the surprise, Abbeyvale were scalped 5-0 at home by the amateurs, Cooper Hearts. So we'll go to the Lowland League because we've not let Ryan speak yet. Yeah, of course, mate. So first game of the weekend was on Friday night, uh, and that was at Ainsley Park, uh, where Cowden Beef defeated Hearts B2-1. I think Craig mentioned on one of the previous episodes that he thinks Cowden Beef will do really well this season, and I agree with him um, under Callum Elliott who's a very good manager. They've made some good signings. Strengthened the team a lot. Uh, one player in particular that I think is going to be massive for them this season is the man that got the winner on Friday night, Jamie Doherty. Played on a lot from his time at Bonnerig and seen him at Trenent a lot as well. He's a fantastic player, so I think he's going to be huge for Cowden Beef this season. Um, in terms of the Saturday results, Civil Service beating Celtic B3-1, as Craig mentioned. East Stirlingshire won Berwick 2 uh, Galafaridine took a bit of hammering against East Kilbride. They lost 6-1. Another bad weekend for Gretna, losing 4-0 to Albion Rovers. I think that was Albion Rovers' first first game of the season uh, due to their cup participation, so a good start for them. Bit of surprise result, Linlithgow Rose losing uh, 4-2 at home to Cumbernauld Colts. I know Cumbernauld Colts have been doing well this season. They started really well. They didn't concede a single goal in the opening three games, but to go to Linlithgow and put four past them and won 4-2 that's a, a really good result for them um, one that I didn't see coming to be honest I thought Linlithgow would have picked up the points there another impressive result is Broomhill going to Trenent and getting a 0-0 draw Broomhill have started the season really well 
Um, they're up in the, the top half of the table. They've had a really solid start to the season, which is impressive. Stephen Swift put a, pretty much a brand new squad together since, obviously, the Open Goal Broom Hill partnership coming at an end. So they're doing really well. So promising signs for Broom Hill. Uh, you had Sterling Uni beating Cali Braves 1 0. The standout for me, I'm going to go for Edinburgh Uni 2, Bonus 4. Reason for that, to be honest, I thought that would be a very comfortable win for Bonus. The scoreline suggests it was pretty comfortable, but looking at the uh, the Twitter feed, I think it was NN, but uh, Edinburgh Uni were actually winning 2 1, more half an hour to go. Bonus keeper Musa Debaga got man of the match, so that tells a story in itself. I think he potentially kept him in that game. And I did notice as well that uh, Edinburgh Uni have a player in the top goal scorers list in the Lowland League at the moment, Lewis Hendry. Um, I think he's scored in every single game so far. Uh, I may be wrong, but I think he scored both against Bonnes. Craig, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he scored twice against Strollers as well. Although Edinburgh Uni are still sitting on zero points at the moment, it seems like there's a marked improvement in their performances this season. That was probably not good news for fans of Gretna. It, it sounded like they gave Bonnes a really good game um, and they were unlucky to, to lose it in the end. Bonnes' quality probably just coming through for them at the end, but yeah, that was that looked like a, a really good game and, and unlucky for Edinburgh University. Can I get anything, anything to add? Yeah, so I, I agree with what Ryan said there. Um, I think the boy... Lewis Hendry's doing really well. You know, five goals this season already. Bonus United are, you know, on fire at the moment. They've got a 100% winning record. You know, 15 points from five games. Uh, it's going to take a lot to beat them. And it sounds like Edinburgh Uni gave them a game and they possibly weren't at their best. They're still winning games. You know, that's a sign of a good team there. So... And I think the first episode we were, you know, mainly talking about East Kilbride and Trinent. And I made a comment about, you know, last season Bonus United they started strong and then they they kind of filled their filtered away a wee bit in the second half of the season. Um, they've certainly started uh, the new season strong, um, and it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that momentum going because I I don't know who's going to beat them. To be honest, I think they've got. They seem to have strengthened the team despite losing, you know, arguably their best player. So, as I say, it's, it's interesting to see how that goes. Another thing, you know, just to mention about Broom Hill, obviously they they look really strong this season and um, they've only been beaten once so far in the five games they've played and they've only conceded two goals, um, which is quite impressive, really. And keeping a clean sheet at Foresters against Trinent isn't something that a lot of teams can can pull off. So they they clearly um are are going in a good direction and you know Trinent still look like a very, very strong side. So, so that game would have been an interesting one to watch and I'm sure it wasn't a dull nil nil either because both of those teams they, they enjoy attacking and yeah, so it's you know all good so far and bonus the team to beat. I think just to add to that as well, like in these early stages, the likes of Trinent dropping points, East Kilbride have drawn a game as well, Bonnes are up there. It, it makes the league more exciting and more competitive, as Craig said. You're not wanting, like, East Kilbride and Trinent were obviously talked up at the start of the season. You're not wanting them to kind of just, like, run away with it and battle it out between themselves. Like, the league would be a lot better if there's 
multiple teams sort of competing and at the moment it's looking like that's going to be the case so hopefully teams like uh, Broomhill and, and Bowness can maintain that form and, and make it a really exciting league and similar at the bottom as well as I said Edinburgh Union look like they're picking up hopefully Gretna can start picking up as well just so they're not cut adrift and we're finding after a month or two of the season they're definitely going to go down hopefully hopefully we've got a bit of a battle at both ends of the table We'll move on to the Highland League. We'll stay in Tier 5 and we've got Nicky with us who knows that league better than we do. Nicky, what stood out to you this weekend? I think the, the big game this weekend at the top, um, Fraser Brett home to Bucky. Bucky have strengthened after coming really close last season to winning the league, not dropping very many points. The same with Brecon. And yeah, in a way, in a way tie, which is always always a hard place to go, Fraser Brett. And pretty pretty comfortable. Um, McCaskill scored twice in the in the first half. Peters added a added a third, and then Barbara, who seems to always score for Fraserburgh, got got a very late consolation. But it just sounds like it was a a very routine win for Bucky, which is quite an quite an impressive feat going to Fraserburgh and winning winning's pretty good at the best of times but to win comfortably it's looking a bit ominous um, you're saying that the Lowland League's looking a wee bit more strong the Highland League's maybe looking as if Brecon and Bucky are going to gonna pull away and it's going to be whoever can hold down Irvine not drop points and then you've got um, still a decent bunch below them but a bunch that probably can't can't quite match them week in week out to to get that that number of points Um Breakin sounds like they should have won by should have won by more um, at home to Broda, um, but ended up hanging on. I think a bit to a two one two one victory. Broda are not as good as they were a few years ago when they they um, shocked Hearts in the cup, but still a very good still a very good side. So a good good home win for Breakin, but um, yeah, looking a bit bit ominous for the rest of the teams. Um, not a full slate of games, just because the Highland League um, Cup preliminary rounds was was on. The other team, the rest of the games probably went went to foreign, but the the other team probably to mention is is Rothis. They were playing Banks of D, who hadn't lost a game at the start of the season. Had quite a good first season last year in the Highland League, bar the off field stuff, and. Um, Hadn't lost a game. Rothers got a, a late equaliser, which was their their first points in um, the Highland League this season. So quite a, quite a good result for Rothers, who aren't aren't as good as they were a few years ago when they were were one of the challengers at the top of the league. But yeah, I think the the rest of the games pretty much went to went to form with the the teams at the bottom like Lossie, um, struggling struggling again to get any points on the board. So. Um, we'll be interesting to see once the once the league shakes out a wee bit, wee bit more. But I think all the action at the the top of the league this this week. I'll touch on the Midlands League a wee bit. I won't go into too much detail on the basis that most of the games, if not all of the games, went exactly the way I thought they would. We spoke about the competitiveness and it's unpredictable at times. But this week it seemed to be the teams at the top were playing the teams near the bottom, and that's the way the game went. A lot of goals as normal. But a couple of hammers and the likes of Lockheed United, downfield one and five one at home to Lockheed Hart, brought a athletic one six nil away. But the, the game that we spoke about last week was Schoon Thistle against Tayport in terms of unpredictability and it finished two all. Now that's another game that if that happened the first half of last season, Tayport probably would have run away with it. Again, Tayport looked like 
they're not going to win the league, but it looks like they're going to be better than what they have been in the last few years. The exact same with Scoon Thistle. Touch on the South as well. Kind of the same thing. Unfortunately, Lock Mabin against Locker Thistle, the game had to be abandoned due to an injury. So that's that's not nice to see. I think Lock Mabin were 2 0 up, so I don't know what happens with that. Did they let the results stand? Did they replay it? I don't know. But the standout game was Nisty Wanderers 4, Dalbiti Star 3. So Dalbiti Star started the season really well, won all their games. They've beaten Abbey Vale. Looks like they're going to be the front runners for the league, but they've been beaten. Sean McKenzie played for Glen Afton. Now he's been in the Premier League of the West, so to be in the, the South of Scotland League, you'd think he might have been one of the standout players, and he managed to score all four goals as well, so it's some weekend for him. What I did quite like to see, St Cuthbert Wanderers, obviously we spoke about them get, losing 13-0 last week. You feared that they might be you know, on a hiding to nothing. They were defeated again, but only 2-1 at home to Creetown this week, which is a much more respectable result, so maybe that's just a one-off. And you have Newton Stewart, of course, big winners last week, big winners this week as well, with a 5-1 win away to Upper Annandale. So we'll go on to the west of Scotland now. Rhys, what you got for us? Uh, well, go to Glasgow Derby, and pretty much Polk's uh, closest uh, away day this season, but the way it finished, it might as well have been about 100 miles from where they were. Yeah, it was Going well uh, for them. Done all right. Playing good football. We've got the goal. Adam Ford. Um, Ben's on the back foot a wee bit. And that was half-time. What happened at half-time in that uh, Ben's dressing room, however, I'm, I'm not sure what's been said because uh, the Ben's came out and they basically went to beast mode. Aaron Black equalises soon after the kick-off. He's got a wee bit of movement. Uh, works that in the air and just strikes it well and that like, equalises. Uh, he's a player and a half anyway. In uh, 57 minutes, I think Pollock realised uh, the Benz are basically gone for it this time. Uh, absolute shock. Pollock were just shocking. Uh, Marking was terrible. Uh, yeah, the ball sent in uh, for Sean Fraser and he gets his first goal for the club. Uh, a few minutes later, the Benz are able to cut Pollock apart. Uh, again, defending for Pollock, I was looking at highlights and they just looked... Like they're all over the place a wee bit, like Daniel, no shape whatsoever. And Aaron Black's able to get a second. So I pretty much just uh, laid down and get battered for the most of that half. Uh, last goal never came until the last, well, pretty much a 90 minute. Uh, I don't know if you saw the clip, but it's a just a brilliant free kick. Uh, free kick. Oliver Smith uh, just uh, outside about 20, 30 yards, just hits a nice strike, comes up. The right side of the Pollock uh, wall and just hits right in the right side. It's I've seen two angles there. One obviously for the Pollock highlights, another one's I think it was the Benz on Twitter, somebody just filming it. And it just hits perfectly in. Uh so aye, that's a big uh, big wake up call for Pollock anyway. Yeah, I didn't, uh, didn't not see that coming at all. Ben Burbaway's a sticky fixture, but four one. Aye, four one, that's how it finished. Um but this is what I was saying. I think I was saying to you this last episode or the episode before that that Ben's and there's a couple of teams like that as well. They're just one of these teams that either no get a result or they can do some damage and they've definitely done some damage this fixture. Uh, just last to what Maxi was saying, he basically said you can't you can't just let capitulate after one goal, uh, which I think that's what Bollock's done pretty much. Uh, so they'll need to get back into form ASAP. 
that's been nine goals in three games. Obviously, Rob Roy shipped three against them uh, during the week, um, no, last week there. Uh, so I just really need to sort it out. Uh, I like I say, Ben can just blow you away out of nowhere. Big fix of the usually a blockbuster fixture the this weekend would always been Talbot and against Darville. You know, looking like Talbot and Darville just been I'd say the two main teams in this league for the past like two or three years since basically the West have joined the pyramid. But obviously these teams are going a wee bit of transition. Talbot definitely have got a lot of youthful experiences gone. And uh, Darvel, it's like a new era for them under Tony McNally. Pretty, pretty good attacking game for what I saw. Um, Darvel had the ball in early on. Uh, an effort lobbed in. He had off to Graham Wilson, but it was chopped offside. Couldn't really tell if it was or no. It looked a bit... Looked a, I don't think anyone's complaining anyway. So Ewan has unable to get his second season with a header from the cross to put Darvel one all up in the 26 minutes. Uh, so uh, yeah hopefully that would have gave uh, Talbot a wee bit of confidence but Darvel responded well you see it was like basically Scott Ferguson put a, like some brilliant strike out for 40 yards and uh, it just cracks off the top of the post but uh, Jordan Moore the new signing for Darvel Talbot don't respond to it he picks it up and just slots it away and that's the equaliser for that Talbot with a couple of shouts or a penalty they're, they're up there but nothing really came of it. But then Darvel's pretty much got the winner on the six and one minute. Ball swung into Muro on the left, and he takes it, uh, gives it out to Ferguson again. He takes a wee, just a wee touch in, in and uh, it's just a beautiful strike right into the, the right side. Um, watched a couple of angles of that, just looked brilliant. But yeah, just before full time, uh, Darvel player Dean Cairns gets sent off for like, I don't know what. I just don't know what he was doing, right? He was basically just lunged in and boy gets sent off for absolutely reason. And it, you know, that could have cost him, you know, three points if it had been any later, if if it went a bit wrong. I heard somebody else got sent off for Darvel after it and they were down to nine then, but I've never really seen who it was. I think it was after a match. It's been a misery for uh, Talbot pretty much. Uh, 2-1, they got defeated by Darvel in that game. Uh, and that slipped basically three points out of, out of 12. Uh, it's just weird to see Talbot basically a position above the the relegation zone. But like I say, it's still a full league season to go. I know if anyone's going to get that team into shape, it's probably going to be Tucker and McClucky. Uh, other just a couple of the other ones to touch on quickly. A uh, good one for Clay Bank. Uh, obviously the build one for last week. Hurlford beating two and three one. That's the top of the league now. Well, Beeb's been on Scottish Cup duty, and then a good one for uh, Edward Meda against Darfley. It's good to keep their for them to keep their fight going. So first division, uh, I've got two games written down for this one. Well, the four teams basically are the ones. Three of them on basically gone for the title. One's basically looks like they're going away already, and then another one, as you know, not living up to expect expectation. Uh, but two short spot in the cord three. Uh, Johnston but with the signings they made. Um, They've been basically tipped to be the best of the team to win the thing, or even at least get up. But uh, they came up against the uh, short score record. I don't think I've really talked about much in the podcast, or at all, really. Uh, definitely got against everyone and a lot of people's predictions. They've basically that same four from porn now. But for what, I, for what I've heard, the game, game wasn't the best, to be honest with you. I think all the action was pretty much done in the first half, but 
Johnston um, Borough, they can see the first goal. Uh, ben Richardson makes it 1-0 to Shorts. Cairn Brophy is able to get like a equaliser no long after it, but Shorts get a penalty. Uh, Ali Martin, he makes it 2-1, and then just after 20 minutes, uh, Paul McGear, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, he gets it 3-1 for uh, Shorts. Before uh, Kieran Brophy, the 35th minute, he's uh, made it uh, three two, uh, two shots. But uh, I like I say, nothing really happened after that uh, second half. But like I say, it's like three points missed for Johnston, but unfortunately for them, uh, Jimmy McKenzie after it uh, just said they're poor defensively and just not taking enough chances. Saying that as well, I think they have Johnston, but have got a couple of players injured. Obviously, Lafferty. Most notably, and then Stuart McCann as well. Uh, two guys that I believe that would probably make them, if they can get back at the team sooner rather than later, they'll definitely be up there. Right, the second game of the, that I wanted to pick up in the Division 1 was uh, Drum Chapel 3 against Kilwinnan Rangers. I think I've said before, obviously, Kilwinnan's just been, yeah, it's just not been looking good for them. Um, yeah, James Mark, aka Slick, you know, 40 year old maestro, uh, was able to bag a hat trick in that game. However, uh, against the run of play, Cohen did get the first goal uh, thanks to Del Mackin. Uh, ball swung in and he just jumps up for the head for that one. But uh, Slick's able to just e- equalise soon after and then apparently comes this way and it's 2-1 to Drumchapel for the half-time. Second half, uh, another penalty for Cohen this time. They get their, uh, their equaliser again, Del Mackin with this one. But uh, Slick cross basically comes in for him once you get that ball straight to him, he's like a magnet and just heads it in. For what I've heard, basically a drum probably could have played a wee bit better, but uh, like I say, we slick. But like uh, I've seen him a wee bit. He came on when I went to see him play Johnstonborough, and I've seen him a few times. He's quite a he is quite a veteran of the west of Scotland. Uh, he played for Largs, Meda, and he was at Kilburnie last season. So I think he'll be a great experience for them. Drum traps obviously uh, not long in this system, so. Given what they've achieved already, I think you'd have him in those ranks, it'll be brilliant. Just uh, going to touch on second division briefly because there was a lot of great results in there. A uh, good one for uh, St Anthony's, they were like relegation favourites pretty much and uh, beat Bonington 4 uh, 3 away. Uh, North Glasgow Derby as well between uh, Glasgow Persia and Mary Hill ended four each. Kilsyth Rangers, so a lot of people are tipped to do well this season, uh, beating Muirkirk away. 5-3, uh, Cuts, obviously, I think they're another one people say will probably go down as well. Up the top, Adrosin's still on top of the league, and uh, yeah, Vela Clyde as well, they're back pushing up there as well, where uh, one against Glasgow Union on Friday night. But yeah, the one fixture I was really quite impressed with was uh, Cali Local Motors against uh, Wisher. They are not looking the best, to be honest with you, but uh, 7-2, they got beat. Basically, Tyler Wright, who plays for Cali, uh, he gets a hat trick when Kelly's other player, Connor McAteer, gets four. Wisher, I think Wisher are quite good, matched them up in the first half. Uh, but then Kelly just blew them away um, straight after it. So, yeah, it's a big worry for Wisher. Good win for Kelly, considering the whole brand change they've went through and all this. I think they finally found a couple of seasons, obviously, previous as Rosvale and now to Kelly. I think they've good time has came because they've kind of like found. Probably found a level at the moment. Whereas for Wisher, I'm worried for them. They look quite. I don't think they're going to be doing well this season. Seeing them play fourth Wanderers a couple of weeks ago, basically they were three 0 down, twenty minutes in. They somehow managed to get it back to three each. Yet somehow 
still lost the game in the last minute of the match. Uh, so, yes, I think it kind of like sums up how their season's going to go anyway, unfortunately. But yeah, on the third division now, there was two games with the same score, 5-4 to the home side. But um, the one I want to stick on, stick on with is Belsall Athletic against Upper Victoria. Belsall Athletic, that same top of the league now, with a game in hand. To win against Durban Victoria, I think that's a bit of a statement. It's been, it was plain sailing for them as well in the first half, pretty much. Jack Curry opens the scoring, lobs the ball over a goalie, and it's uh, nicely off for Calvin Cowie. Kieran Markey picks up the ball in the 23rd minute, takes a 1-1, then another, and sets up Mark Kyle to hammer a ball in the bottom right for 2-0. Uh, Jai C, goalkeeper for Belsall, he basically punts the ball up to Curry, heads into the halfway, Jamie Newton, and it's 3-0 at halftime for uh, Belsall Athletic. Then it gets quite interesting. Um, Urban Vicks can't go into it. Bells will switch off big time. They're on the score sheet. David Smith's able to lob the ball up the park. Alessandro Savers, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, or Savarese, um, scores against his former club. Bells letting that, basically letting the ball out too easy. Uh, second goal, Bells pretty much butchered the defensively, and Savarese or Savers is able to get the ball across goal. Uh, but Jai C and the two defenders don't know what they're doing they try to clear it and then somehow the ball just comes across them like as if it just leaks out the other side of them and then uh, yeah David Smith just there to slide it in and then uh, fourth goal for uh, Belsall however uh, vital one is concerned the way it was going uh, Sub's basically able to come on Jordan Cherry he basically bullies David Smith off the ball passes to Kevin Fraser and then um, Kieran Markey is a way to get his Another goal for them. But then uh, Irvin once again peg it back. Uh, just again, Belsall defensively messy. Uh, and then Kevin Adams is able to get on a, into a loose ball after it's been bobbed about. That's the, the equaliser comes, 80th minute for the Vicks. Corner comes in, no one picks up, and then Stephen Gaffney is able to just a low rocket sh- uh, shot into the net, and it's four each. Uh, so yeah, basically the game has been going up pretty much 100 mile an hour until unfortunately, and I was watching the highlights back, it was really nasty. Sean Robertson, Cal Mervin, both uh, both of the Vicks, it's like a, just a nasty head knock. Two of them just come in, basically temple first with each other, and I generally thought so, like why didn't the two of them were out for a count? I didn't see what happened to uh, Sean Robertson, but uh, Cal Mervin was able to continue on. Like I say, a theme going on here with the Adel Purcell bandage thing going on. Just kind of takes the sting out of the game a wee bit. Obviously, the added times into that, it adds into the injury time uh, significantly. I think we went up to about 97 minutes. Luckily, only he's able to get a loose ball in the box from so a ball floated back in, and he just rifles the, the back in there for the winner. But, uh, so, 5 4 to Belsall on that one. No, Belsall, that's. Um, Top of the league, nine hundred percent win record. Still got a game in hand. I think the uh, the game in hand against Les Mahago, I believe, uh, and they've got a lineup during the week, uh, which lineups not really been too impressive. I've you know I thought they'd maybe be up there. Fourth division, division, one game, we derby just down the road for New Mains travelled in down to Acre. Look, pretty a feisty game. Obviously, two teams now are um, relegated for last season. Uh, so this is kind of like different wee context for them. You know, two teams that have established in the, the lower juniors, say the West, but now obviously they're in with the, the new guys and all that, like St. Peter's, Glenville, etc. 
But Carluk, they not my scoring. Greg Miller's able to get a shot just uh, after some good build up and then the scores opening there. Uh, but against her on the play, uh, Dan McGowan got a declaver for New Baines. Powerful left footed strike across the goal into the top corner. Greg Miller, again, he's uh, on the score sheet, put away a rebound effort after another attempt before that. And then Dan McGowan again, uh, scoring for New Mains after Carluk. Just, I think, as far as I know, they're messing around the back. Basically gets the ball, run the goalie, and is able to slot it away. So it's two each at half time. Um, McGowan on goal again um, for a hat trick, but uh, I think he got brought he got brought down the, the uh, penalty. And then the 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 one the one and lonely the man I've mentioned uh, before, Chris Jarvey, obviously the penalty. He's able to get the penalty and slots it away. Just uh, fifty minutes before the end, he means able to break the defence. Then Jarvey's on one and on with the goalie, takes it round him, scores again. Kalouk's able to get a ball a goal back, feeling to deal with a throw in, and uh, Greg Miller's able to get a hat trick. So yeah, nearly the last ten minutes for uh, New Wains, but they were able to seal it in the end uh, to win it 5-3 pretty much. And just to finish, showing a couple of results, I think it's just St. Peter's and Glenville's to lose pretty much. St. Peter beat uh, Royal Albert 4-1, and as did uh, Glenville beat uh, BSC Glasgow. So if you're uh, thinking about challenging for the league, you know, I don't think you're going to get through these two. And uh, just another wee shout-out to the last result. Campbelltown Pupils 2, Easterhouse 0. That's their first win of the season, and if you know the Campbelltown, they're no, they don't get much wins, and obviously Campbelltown every every away trip is pretty much like a massive trip for them. How they're able to run that club is incredible. Just closest west of Scotland club to them, depending on how you travel. If it's by ferry, it's a Drossen Winton Rovers. If it's by road, it's Vale Leaven, and it's like a three-hour journey. Yeah, but so anytime they get a win, you know, I've got a wee soft spot for them. Uh, they always get a wee mention, so good on them. Kind of unlucky for Easter House. We'll move on to the East. We've got Ryan and Craig, so we'll let you split it between you. Who wants to start? Yeah, I'll kick off, Paul. So the domestic card is a, a little bit shorter than, than previous weeks, just with some cup action. Um, there was Easter Scotland qualifying cup and Alex Jack cup games. Um, but there's a few games in the Premier Division, a few high-scoring games. Broxburn beating Dundonald Bluebell 4-3. Um, Big Errol Douglas getting a hat-trick there to maintain their 100% record and keep them top of the league. Um, Errol Douglas has scored eight goals in the, the first four games, so he's off to a flyer. Dunbar, they, after a absolutely brilliant start that I don't think many people foreseen, they took a wee bit of knock back down to earth um, at home to Genefield. Genefield uh, ran out 3-1 winners down at Dunbar. Um, Genefield also um, maintaining their 100% record. So it's Genefield at top on goal difference, not Broxburn. Yeah, so Genefield at top on goal difference, Broxburn second, but both uh, with four four wins out of four. Uh, so a couple of high-scoring results there. Bit of surprise, Musselbridge run 0-0 with Hillebeef. Um, Hillebeef are... Uh, down the, I know it's early days in the, the season, obviously, but they're down the sort of bottom end of the table, I think. And Musselburgh obviously tipped to be one of the, the teams competing for the league. So I think they'll probably be disappointed not to get a win there. Hutchie Vale, again, another team that have started the season pretty well, but the last couple of weeks have just maybe uh, results not gone their way. They they lost 1 0 at home to Haddington. Um, so that's a good result on the, the road for Haddington. Um, the big one. In that division, which I think everyone will agree on, 
uh, was Tynecastle 9, Pennycook 0. That is an absolute crazy result. To be honest, I don't think any team in that division um, should be shipping nine goals. I'm, I'm not going to be too critical on Pennycook because I like Pennycook. They're a good team. I like Lewis Kilt. It's a He's a good young manager. It's it's a hard job he's taken on there. The stuff that's been going on at Pennycook recently with all the change in managers, losing uh, a lot of players, high player turnover, it was always going to be a difficult job for him to go into. Um, and it's... Um, it's going to be a, a long-term project, I think, for them to, to to get them back to where they should be. And that's up challenging for the, the East of Scotland Premier title. Um, they obviously had a brilliant start, but the last couple of games have not been great. And um, obviously Saturday there was not great at all. But you have to give credit to, to Tyne Castle, putting nine goals past them. Remarkable achievement. And they finished 12th in the league last season. They're up in the top three at the moment with three wins out of the four games uh, so fantastic start to the season for, for Tiny and Rob Hart Mackenzie Scott got four in that game so he's he's had a great day and Russell Cairns with a hat-trick there so a good day for them and a brilliant day for Tynecastle um, but hopefully hopefully they can maintain their, their good run but I also hope that Pennycook can, can turn that around they've made some decent signings um, of late they've brought in a bit of experience as well which they probably need because uh, I know that uh, they do have a very young squad now. They lost a lot of experience, but they brought in a couple of guys. So hopefully once that squad gels, they'll start picking up again. That result in the Premier was uh, the standout for me. Uh, Craig, I don't know if... I'm sure you'll probably agree. I, I think that would probably be everybody's standout result at 9 now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it seems that Megatland's uh, turned out to be quite a fortress for uh, Tyne Castle this season. Um, they've clearly got a lot of goals in their locker and they've they've been putting teams away. Um so yeah, very, very impressed with how Tynecastle are doing. Um yeah, I share the same thoughts. It's it's not nice to see Penny Cook on the receiving end of of that kind of result. Um and I really do hope that, you know, in the next few weeks things start to get a bit better for them because you know a bit of time for the club as well. And I think they they sh- they should be doing better than they are. I think they've what they have there, they've got a really good committee, good ground and a lot of kind of good history as well at that club. So I, I really hope that they can turn a corner sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, I'll touch on Broxburn Athletic, you know, Errol Douglas, just unbelievable. I've said to so many people that he's one of those players that if you are a scout for any team up to League One or League Two, the, the the guy's just made the goals. He's just got so much ability. He's got great presence, and uh, you know the, the times I've seen him, he's he's been fantastic. So he's he's on a great run of form this season. And uh, you know Broxburn Athletic, you know they've got cracking facilities and they seem to be really really strong this season, which is great to see. Um, but I think if you look at the the, the table, you've really got five teams that are really, really, you know, pushing, pushing, uh, you know, the limits of that, the league. And I think, you know, there's, there's going to be tough games and a few kind of close uh, kind of upsets throughout the season. Uh, Genefield Swifts, um, I've said before, they're a team that really, really impressed me. I think they're they're just a top side. I think, I, I don't think they would look, um, you know, out of picture in, in, in like the Owen League. I think they're, they're a very good side, good setup. Um and yeah, and I think you know, a slight um, you know, kind of knock down back down to earth for uh 
Dunbar, but I wouldn't really dwell on it too much. You know, Genefield are a tough side, and I think, you know, it's testament to Dunbar since they've came up that it takes a team like uh, Genefield Swifts to to try and knock the wind out of their sails. So, yeah, I think they've, they've uh, Dunbar in a, a great position where that kind of result is not a shock, but not one we would expect, which is fantastic because they've just came straight back up. Just going back to, you mentioned Megatland being a bit of a fortress. Um, I'm sure you'll agree as well. I, w- I would highly recommend if anybody's never been to see Tiny at Megatland, definitely get yourself along. I went along to Megatland to see Tiny for the first time last season during the Groundhog week, uh, weekend, sorry, when they played soccer. And the big sort of stand... Um, if you can call it a stand it's behind behind the goal, um, it's got it's it's almost like a sort of rooftop bar. It's got um, it's absolutely tremendous. So you can you can sit in the bar before the game. You can take your pint outside, and it's got like benches um, that overlook the the entire pitch. So if you go there on like a a nice summer's afternoon for a Tynecastle game, it's it's perfect. Yeah, it's definitely something special, and I've not actually not sat in the stand. Every time I go there, I go behind the goals, and you know a lot of people they would rather be near the middle of the pitch when they watch a game. When you go to Megatland, because you're quite elevated high up, and it is like an open kind of rooftop bar, yeah, cracking view. You can see all the formations, and clearly you'll see a lot of goals as well. So, um, definitely a place to go to if anyone's not been before. Yep, agreed. Um, just into the first division of the east of Scotland. Um, again, there was uh, there was still a few games on despite the the cups being on. Uh, so Preston went to Blackburn United and got a one-one draw. Uh, so that's a good result for for Preston. I'm I'm sure they'll be happy with that on the uh, a point on the road there against Blackburn that came down last season. Camelin uh, turned over Newton Grange four-one. Um, I, I I tipped. Newton Grange for the league and it was a toss up between them and came on for me um, and so far I don't know if I've put the jinx on Newton Grange because they've uh, they've not got off to the best starts shall we say but again another team that we've been local I'll go see when I can and I know the, the management team there so I'm not going to be too critical of them and um, they're going through a wee bit of a tough time at the moment I went uh, I watched them midweek against West Calder in the East of Scotland qualifying cup to be honest, they were they were poor. West Calder were really good. Uh, they 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 won one 0 scored right um, after half time, and to be honest, once they scored, they seemed quite content to just defend that lead. And and Newton Grange absolutely chucked the kitchen sink at them, but they just couldn't find a goal, which is surprising because they've got goals in that team. Uh, you got Chris Robertson, who we've talked up on the podcast before, is a an absolute goal machine. Uh, Dean Ballantyne up front has uh, has got goals in them. They've promoted young Fraser Sutherland from the 20s, who was prolific last season. So um, I think, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just lacking a bit of confidence, if they're still missing some players, or hopefully they can maybe get another player or two in to replace guys that they've lost, like Ryan Porches, who's obviously a big loss. But yeah, not the greatest start to the season for Newton Grange, but that's a, a really good win for Camelon that means that they're still on top of the league and like the like Broxburn and Genefield in the league above them, uh, they've won four out of four. So Camelon looking really strong um, at the moment. But yeah, hopefully Newton Grange can turn that around as well and, and get up the table because I definitely think they'll they'll turn that around and they'll, they'll be up there. Just on other results, a really good win away 
for Whitehill Welfare. They went away to Kirkcaldy and Dysart and won 4-3. Uh, so that's a really good result on the road for Whitehill. They were behind twice in that game, but they managed to come back and, and win it 4-3. So really good character there from uh, the Whitehill players to to come back and, and get the win there. Uh, St Andrews beat Donna Pace 1-0. Um, and it was a tough afternoon for Vale Leaven, uh, who were four one, uh, who were defeated four one by Oakley um, down in in Leaven. So yeah, tough tough for them as well. They've obviously dropped down a couple of divisions in the last two seasons. They've started the season with three defeats out of three, so it's it's not looking great for for them again this season. But yeah, so that was all the results in the first division. So. I don't think there was any shocks there, to be totally honest. Um, I think probably, as you would expect, a couple of high-scoring games, as I said, with Camelin uh, beating Newton Grange and Whitehill beating Kirk Cody and Dysart. But yeah, no real shocks there. I don't know if there was any any sort of standouts for you, Craig, or much yeah, the same I, as we expected results. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I think, you know, we've, we've kind of been raving on about Camelin and the setup they have, they've got a very good team on the pitch. And, uh, you know, four wins out of four, uh, they've only conceded three goals. Um, so they're unbeaten. And, you know, I, I think they're, they're a team that, that, that could potentially go all the way. We'll see. But it's it's early days. And I think there's there's other teams. I think we've, we've talked about, you know, Whitburn. And they're, they've not lost any games this season either in the league. Um so yeah, it's quite interesting. I think the game for me, if if I had went to one of those games, would have probably been Kirkcaldy and Dysart and Whitehill Welfare. Not just because of the score, but they're just two really good teams to watch. Mm. I was impressed when I saw Kirkcaldy in the preseason and uh, Whitehill Welfare, a brilliant side. And uh, I would always say with Whitehill Welfare, don't be fooled by their league position. And um, they are a really, really decent side, and I think they can they can put on a really good performance and stuff in front of a crowd. And, uh, but yeah, it's pretty interesting. I think it's quite sad with Vale Leafen. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, how, you know, it just seems to be that the the decline just continues and they are really, really struggling. It doesn't matter, you know, how far they go down. The pyramid there, they are really struggling. And I think a lot of that's due to, you know, recruitment and player retention that they're struggling to do. But, you know they're a, a team with a lot of history, and it is a shame that they're they're, you know, slipping so far down. And and we really, I really hope it's not a situation where they are just going to get beat every week. Um, I really do hope that they they start to pick up points and stuff because, as I say, they're a club with a lot of history, and you don't want to see teams just continue to decline every season. You know, so that'll be you know pretty interesting. Um, what do you think about the second division, Ryan? Yeah, so second and third division, there was only a couple of fixtures in that, again, as I say, due to the cup. So Armadale beating Dalkeith Thistle 5-0. It's probably the scoreline that's a surprise more than anything. Um, both both teams up there in the top three in that league, uh, both teams have started the season really well. So it could have went either way, but for Armadale to actually go out and, and win 5-0 is probably a bit of a surprise. They're still unbeaten, so they've won three out of the the four and, and drawn one, so they sit top of the league unbeaten, but also Dalkey Fissel are sitting in third place with two wins out of four, and, and obviously after that, Armadale defeat, two defeats. Uh, so, yeah, that one, it wouldn't have been a surprise to see Armadale win that, 
uh, especially being at home. But yeah, I think just the manner of the defeat, just the, the 5 0, is probably a bit of a surprise. Uh, the other one in that league was Stirling University uh, beating Burnt Island 5 2. I guess Stirling University, they've not started the season too well, but there's been a lot of goals and in, in games involving them. I think there's been a lot of like, uh, five goals, five fours, five twos. Uh, so they certainly seem like an exciting team to go and watch. I know that obviously I've seen a lot of their uh, senior team in the Lowland League, and they're obviously uh, a really a really good team to watch. Um, so it seems like their their team um, in the east of Scotland uh, South division is is also quite entertaining. But they would obviously like to turn those defeats, high scoring defeats, into into wins. But um, but yeah, they're sitting down in eleventh at the moment in Burnt Island. Uh, sitting in fourth, so maybe wouldn't have seen them beating Burnt Island quite as, as heavily, but as I said, they seem to be a bit unpredictable. Um, I think, was it almost, almost in Primrose that beat them 5-4 in the first game of the season, the second game That's of the season? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then they've went and they've followed it up with beating Burnt Island 5-2, so seems like they're going to be a bit unpredictable. Um, and yeah, I think I'll try and maybe get along to a Stirling Uni game um, sometime in the near future if there's going to be goals, uh, high-scoring games like that. Uh, just in the third division, uh, Stonyburn were defeated 3-0 by Bathgate. Um, again, probably not too much of a surprise. Bathgate have made it four wins out of four with that win, so they were already unbeaten before that game. Stonyburn obviously had a really good start to the season and, and I talked them up and said... Um, it'd be good to see them follow that up and 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 try and climb the table um, after a change of management in the last stages of the last season and they, they seem to to pick up a wee bit but again I think I've cursed them as well uh, since I said that they've uh, I don't think they've won a game so I think they've lost two in a row since I said that so um, yeah not really a surprise there Bathgate are going strong and the other game uh, in that division was West Calder uh, who travelled down to Hoyk and they won five one. Um again, not really a, a surprise. Hoiker uh, sitting eighth in the table at the moment and West Calder like Bathgate have won four out of four. Um I said on the previous episode I was on, I seen West Calder last season. I was really impressed with them. Um, it was against Bonus Athletic they played, and although the final score was a bit of hammering, um it took Bonus quite a while to actually break them down and get the goals. Um West Calder did look really well organised and, and stuffy and as I said earlier I went and watched them against Nitton in the Cup midweek and it was exactly the same um, really well organised well drilled stuffy side I think in that division they're going to score goals they've got a clear goal threat one player I've seen a few times in that team Jason Gregory um, number number 11 I think he was he, he impressed um when I've seen him, he looks like a, a really good player. And they've got a boy in the middle. I don't know his actual name, but they call him Chico. And they actually call him Chico on their starting lineup graphic on Twitter as well. So um, I don't know his real name, but watching them, you always hear, well done, Chico, brilliant Chico. Uh, so he he seems to just control the midfield. And yeah, so a really good result for them. And I think I think they'll do, they'll continue to do really well. We'll move on to... The North Caledonian League. Now, last week I gave Hulkirk and Thursday the big build-up, not realising that the game got moved to the 23rd of August, so it didn't even happen. That tends to happen quite a lot up there. 
Fort William were supposed to be at home to Bonner Bridge. That fixture got reversed. That happens all the time. So the one fixture that really stands out that didn't stand out before was Ghostby Sutherland against Invergordon. Now, it wasn't really a shock, to be fair. There weren't any shocks. Solness United were beating 2-1 away at Inverness Athletic. That's a phenomenal result for Inverness, but one that I could have seen coming. Fort William won 4-0 against Bonner Bridge. Definitely could have seen that coming. A great game. Clark's B team drew 4-0 with St. Duthis again. That's, that's some scoreline of 4-0, but Ghostby Sutherland losing 4-2 at home to Invergordon. Invergordon, a team you expect to be up there. Ghostby have one of the best setups. They've got a licence... Some of the North Cali League games get played in a public park, so what goals for Sutherland have in terms of facilities is like night and day to some of the other teams. But Nicky, is that a league that you get to see quite often? Or do you, do you ever see the North uh, Cali? Yeah, I went, went a lot um, the last last couple of seasons, as you say, in public parks. So some of the, the lockdown games, you could be in a be in a park and, and see the game. Um but yeah, got Goldsby is a, a lovely, lovely part of the world, and and have a lovely stadium. But haven't quite as they say an investment. It's hardly Saudi oil money, but they hardly they don't quite have the investment of the Loch Ness or or Invergordon, who probably are, who probably are the the better teams. Um, Loch Ness were playing in the Scottish Cup, but have signed a few boys from the the lower reaches of the the Highland League, but players that would just just well be good, and I've seen them. Uh, maybe eight or nine times, and they're just a very good, very good side. But um, yeah, probably Gosby a bit disappointed really to to lose at home. Um, it's quite so early, as you say. Them and them and Fort William are the only teams that have a chance of coming up. And it would be nice if the the Highland League kind of stayed a little bit Highland rather than looks like it might drift to being a bit more of an Aberdeen and a Dundonian league over the next the next wee while because that's that is where the, the players and the money the money at that level is. But it would be nice if Fort William or or Golsby got, got into the league. Not that they would they would trouble the, the pyramid, but it would be nice to keep <clears throat> to keep that league a bit a bit highlands and have a bit of the the sort of mental places to go. So there's one more league that kicked off this weekend, and that was the North Juniors. We've got Nicky. What stood out to you this weekend? Yeah, so um, you'd spoke about Coulter, um on the pod previously, and they they obviously kept up their their winning ways with their impressive um, six two six two victory in their first game. Um, Newmarker. Um, they are one of the newly promoted sides, and they 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 won um, in their first game uh, with a, a last minute goal. I think um, I read that it was in the ninety first first minute that they scored in to win their win their first game. And uh, another team in the Premier side of it that deserves a mention is Sunnybank. They're also a Premier League uh, Premier League a promoted side, and they um, managed to win their first game quite impressively six one against Maud. Um, moving down the champion championship um, side of it, Loss United they won their their game. They were not a great side last season. They've just um, come back into the league after a few years away, but um, managed to win their first game seven two. Um, they were two one down at half half time, so I don't know exactly what was what was said at half time, but must have been a good must have been a good team talk um, to get to get six goals in the the second half to win. Um, 
And the, the other game, well, there's two, two other things to mention. The Bankley um, were away to Dufftown, and they were um, both sides relegated from the Premiership last season. Um, Bankley managed to, to win that 2-1, and they scored... Um, two goals in the, the first half and from their own, their own reports it was a, a bit of a, a better game in the second half but they, they hung on and I mentioned at the at the very start of the pod about Whitehills they'd come back in after a year out, Hull Russell United um, named named after a, a shipping company that's now defunct but they have also managed to come back into the league and it's just nice up here to see teams coming back after after folding even teams way up the pyramid like Peterhead are, are being quite open about how hard it is to find players so it must be very difficult at, at that level to to find to find players um, and get, get them to play every week and I think a lot of them um, are offshore so you get kind of inconsistent performances with people being away one week and, and they're the next. So it's good to see these teams kind of come back in. in. Or Russell lost their first game 3 nothing to Forest, but it's just just good to see these, these sides hanging about and managing to come back because it must be hard once people step away to actually bring these teams back. Who's still in a base up there? Is there still one or two? I think... Well, Bucky Rovers are probably the biggest that are are still out. Aberdeen Uni seems to have, have stepped um, backwards this this season, so they've they've also gone gone out of the league. Um, but yeah, I think Bucky are finding it hard to find people to to be members of the committee and and, and then get the get the team together. Um, so their Bucky Ladies played at their their ground, but they've now they've now had to move. So I don't know if there's. There's plans, um, plans to to get rid of the the ground that's that's by the golf club, but hopefully, hopefully people can can rally together and and save the the junior side there. So we were tasked with finding Scottish football's best pie, and between the lot of us, we can probably do it. I'm going to kick us off alongside. I'm only going to give it four out of ten. The guy in front of me in the queue. His pie looked unbelievable. It looked good. It smelt good. Mine just didn't. So maybe I just got the bad one, but that's what I need to go on. It was only two quid for a steak pie, by the way, which is about as cheap as it'll be anywhere in the pyramid. But there was hardly any steak in it. So I need to mark it down four out of ten. <laughs> what about yours? What did you have? Midweek, uh, I touched on the fact I went to Newton Grange, West Calder. So I said I to a knitting pie, as they, they like to say there. Uh, steak and haggis pie. Uh, lovely. Really nice. I would give it a solid eight and a half out of ten. Eight and a half? Well, that was uh, obviously Canoosday Saturday there. It's only game I've been to this week. Um, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Obviously, the wee pie hut. It's basically, I think it's like, I don't know even what it's made out of. It's, you usually get ones made out of containers, you get ones made out of just huts for being cute and all that. I think this one is made out of an old caravan or something, but <laughs> uh, depending on where it comes to, you kind of question what it's going to be like. Um, but no, it was pretty good, this one. It was decent anyway. Uh, a tasteful journey uh, in a space of about 30 seconds, because, you know, I just scoffed them. But it was like I do. I thought this uh, steak pie I went for. I don't even know what the price was because I bought a bunch of things. They didn't have a price chart. 
Uh, all came to about, I think it was like, can I am brewing a Mars bar with it as well? And it all came to about £3.80. Again, we'll just plug the value in uh, constantly. But I, the the crust was, um, it was a wee bit soft. Like, you know that way, it's, like, it's not as firm and it just kind of falls everywhere. But the actual like, meat inside it, which I'm quite fussy with, was actually I was really good. Uh, and then the top of the, top of the, the base of the lid of the pie was uh, decent. So I'll, I'm just going to be at, I was going to say about eight, but I think I'll just go stick with seven just to be reasonable. So good effort. Seven, not bad. Nicky, did you try one? Yeah, I tried one. As I say, it's a local team, so hopefully I can show my face. But it was a, a, just a bit of a disappointing five out of ten. Um, I don't remember this type of pie when I was lived in the Central Belt, but up here they quite like um, a mince pie, which is basically just fried mints in a, in a shell. Um, so it's not the not the most um, not the most moist one. Um, not as bad as I had one at Turriff that I didn't didn't know that's what was going to be in it. Bit into it and it was incredibly watery mints that just then fell down your front um, and burned you. But I, as you said, I think the the pie was about uh, two pounds. Um, very friendly people. They ran ran out to the the car, and well, they sent sent somebody. Thankfully, didn't hold up the queue to get my boy a fruit shoot. So. Um, this the service was very good, but the the pie itself was slightly disappointing. Craig, you didn't try it, did you? No, the disappointing for me because I used to I used to have a pie every everywhere I go, and if they're good, sometimes too. But um, <laughs> I, I was at five games last week, and I didn't have a single pie. And I, to be honest, I can't remember the last time I bought one. So that's something I need to I need to work on. I'll take that away and uh, try harder. So we've looked back. You've just ruined your diet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> five pies. That's five pies if it's five games, mate. <laughs> but we've looked back. Now let's look forward as we always do. It's the start of the South Challenge Cup this weekend, amongst other games. Who wants to kick us off? Anything stand out? Anything we should look out for? Well, for me, um, just for an absolute, you know, this wouldn't have happened 10 years ago, sort of thing. Please, so, sorry to interrupt you, mate. And I think I know just for that exactly the game. Yeah, yeah. Is. Go for it. Aye. Is it Newborough Juniors versus Albion? Logan? It is. It is. Aye, I had that aye. last as well. Just absolute crazy stuff, you know. It's like, the only way I can ima- describe it is like, if you're watching WWE and WCW in the 90s, like Sting <laughs> turned up on Monday Night Raw out of nowhere. Uh <laughs> Well, maybe I'll maybe see ECW because they were like maybe the lower ones, but I, I like I don't really know much about Newburgh Juniors and the Albion Rovers. I think I do know them obviously they're just up the road for me, uh, but I'd imagine just for look at Albion Rovers, you know, do them silly, but you never know. Like um, this is this is probably Albion Rovers' first um, realization that this is where we are now. Like they're like. Maybe they'll relish it to be fair, but I'd if I wasn't a, I wasn't a, uh, unavailable this weekend, you know, I'd have loved to have went up there. I don't know about you, uh, I don't know about Craig, Ryan. Um, this one interests me in the East anyway. Haddington Athletic and Service Service Dollars. Uh, Craig, you'll know mm-hmm. obviously a lot about Service 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 Dollars. Do you think this will be a, a challenge for them? Yeah, I mean, they, they played each other. Um... Last week and Haddington won one now. 
at the strollers at, at Christie Gillies Park. So that's an interesting one. So that one's obviously in Haddington, uh, a chance for strollers to get a little bit of revenge there. Um, so I think that'll be a pretty interesting game. But I think, you know, as, as Ryan will know, uh, Haddington are as good as anyone at home. Um, I think they they are a a one team town as they say, and generally those teams are a handful at home. And I think that'll be a tricky game. Obviously, I'm hopeful the the strollers can get through it. But, but what do you think, Ryan? Um, no, I totally agree. I think it'll be it'll be a difficult game for strollers. Um, as you touched on there, Haddington went to Christie Gillis Park and beat them. So. Haddington will rightfully be confident that they could take them again down at their own place, but it's a nice wee ground to go to as well. So I think that's that's certainly a game. If if anybody's looking for a game, it should be a it should be a good game. The one that stands out for me that I'd probably go for, I'm gonna go for a wee bit of Friday night football. Um and I mentioned earlier that if you've never been to Megatland uh, to see Tynecastle, um, then Friday night could be a chance they're hosting Galafaridine in the, the Challenge Cup so it's obviously uh, East of Scotland versus Lowland um, Tynecastle doing really well at the moment Gala um, not so much so potentially you could see a, a wee bit of cup shock there uh, where a team from a lower division beating a Lowland League team um, and as I said a wee bit of Friday night football if the weather's nice you could sit on that rooftop terrace bar and have a couple of pints watching what should be a a good game so um, yeah that would be my shout for, for game of the weekend um, I've, I'm actually going uh, the Bonnerig Rose 20s are playing Dunbar 20s in a friendly on Friday night so I'm going to go around to that otherwise I probably would have went to Megatland I'm going to pick one and Nicky I'm sorry if you've had the same one but it's Dice against Stonywood Parkville so this is about as close a derby as you get up north well the, the juniors anyway there's only about two and a half three miles Miles between the two grounds. Dice tend to win it, to be honest. Stonywood Parkville were the result of two clubs merging together. And under their current guys, they've never actually beaten Dice. The last time Stonywood beat them was 2015. So you'd expect Dice to win. Dice are one of the better sides in the league. But Stony, Stonywood Parkville, they're, they're in that division. There's no reason they, they can't beat Dice. I just can't see it. But that is the, the derby, essentially. I think there's only one. I can think of in Aberdeenshire that's closer together, so that'll be a big one for me. Nicky, what about you? I picked one slightly further apart than than those. Um, it's Fort William versus Orkney. Um, they're two hundred miles apart, and I don't think that there's any way of Orkney getting off the island, getting to Fort William, and getting back again. So, in a day, so they play. Um, well, last season they played in in Alness, which is. Um, Still looks um, quite north if you're in the central belt, but is is kind of halfway, halfway between them, and also going up a bit higher than that. Um, I was speaking about Banks of D dropping their first first points. They're um, playing at home to Brecon. Um, might seem a bit silly to be talking about not being able to drop points at this stage of the season, but um, Brecon, I don't think want to want Bucky to get too far too far away and I think Banks at Spain Park is always a, a hard place to go and always always gives team a, teams a game so I think that'll be probably quite a close game and Beacon will be hoping that they, they keep winning to to keep up the pressure on Bucky at the top of the league uh, Any games to add guys? 
Yeah, just one for me. So I'm actually on Saturday, I'm going to Recife against St Andrews United, which I'm really looking forward to. A couple of reasons. I think, firstly, um, St Andrews United, I've not seen them yet. Heard a lot of good things. I know that um, on our first episode, uh, Graham called out they're a really good team. They just, you know, they attack and uh, they're great to watch. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing them. Um, obviously, with Recife now being my kind of local team, you know, 20 minutes up the road, um, they they, they, they uh, were outstanding against Burnt Island Shipyard last time I saw them. Again, another good attacking team. So hopefully a game between two attacking sides and plenty of goals in action. So, yeah, quite looking forward to that one. And with it being, you know, pretty much on my doorstep as well, um, I'm really looking forward to it. Time for Team of the Week. There's five of us, so I'm going to let you four pick one game from last weekend. It was a standout result. We'll put the poll on Twitter as always. And the listeners or the the clubs, sometimes the clubs get involved, they retweet it. So basically Twitter can pick the winner. So we'll start with Craig because you're at the top left of my screen here. Who are you going to choose? Yeah, so... I always try not to be biased, but I'm going to be biased. Um, I'm going to go with civil service strollers. Um, unbelievable, you know, performance at the weekend against a good Celtic team, and also I think the uh, I need to call them out because uh, the week before uh, against Cowden Beef, they won me 150 pound at the bookies <laughs> with a 94th minute header. So, um, yeah, civil service strollers. Uh, my team and as I say I'll, I'll, I'll pick them because an incredible result for them Nice one Ryan what about you? It's going to have to be Tyne Castle Paul isn't it? Um, I don't think we can have a team of the week Paul without having Tyne Castle in that after winning 9-0 um, again I don't want to rub salt into the wounds of Pennycook but Tyne Castle deserve enormous credit for that um, and yep they're my shout for, for team of the week Cool Nicky? Um, are we allowed to pick Cooper Hearts? Is that yeah? Why oh, not go for it? Yeah, why not? Definitely. I just, I, as you say, I don't, I don't know anything about them, and I, and I don't really know anything about Abbey Vale. South Scotland's the only league I've, I've not seen any teams in, but I just think a, an amateur team managing to win in the the Scottish Cup. I think um, they're only the third team to to manage to even win a game. Um, since I think it was 2015 that they they started going into it. So, um, I think that's quite a Quite an impressive, um, quite an impressive um, feat, and we've spoke, I think, about Genefield um, Swifts, and that's how they've got in the next round. Um, from what from what you guys are saying about them, I think it will be a much tougher proposition for them in the next round. But will be a, would be an interesting interesting game to see them, and yeah, I just think an amateur team managing to win in the Scottish Cup deserves deserves a mention. Yeah, good choice. Last but not least, Reese. I, I was thinking about Cooper Hearts myself, to be fair. Another one I'd say probably just Ben Bob, you know, just that performance against Paul, you know, just smashed them at the park, um, the local rivals. So I'd go with Ben Bob, had done pretty well this, uh, this week anyway. So good on him. So it'll be one of either Civil Service, Tyne Castle, Cooper Hearts or Ben Bob. I think we've we've had two team in the weeks in the West have won it both times. So let's see if someone not from the West can win it. Although Ben Bob, they deserve it absolutely, but we'll see what happens. So the problem is they re- they retweet it all the time. They take it seriously. But listen, it's like Arsenal fans. 
listen, that's what we want. We want people to engage. We want people to get involved. So if if the West retweet it every time and they win, fine, fine. The other the other regions, East and South, and I need to step up. Well, I just want to give a quick wee shout out to the guys at um, East House Lily. Uh, East House is Lily. Um, I. I helped out a wee bit um, with some questions from the, the guy that runs our social media account and I said to him that I'd be hoping to get along to a game very soon and he said to me when I do it'll be on the house from my, from my assistants which um, so just that gesture um, was, was really nice so I just wanted to, to give them a wee shout out that is guys perfect we'll see you on next week cheers mate cheers guys cheers guys